For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Astros Baseball, a podcast by a fan for the fans of the Houston Astros. Here's your host, Rob Fontenot. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this installment of uh, Fair Foul this week. I am joined by Jimmy Price from Astros Future. Jimmy, thanks for coming on today, buddy. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, man. All right, before we get into the Fair or Foul questions, tell everybody a little bit about what you do. I mean, why you started Astros Futures, uh, what it's all about. Uh, so, Ever since I've been a baseball fan, I've enjoyed minor leagues. I've enjoyed the prospects. I think the optimism around prospects is always good. There's always someone to watch that, you know, you can project as a, a future major league star. But, you know, go back to 2011, 2012 timeframe, and the Astros weren't very good. And really the, the highlight at that time was the minor league system. You know, they started getting a, a top-ranked minor league system, the high draft picks. You, know, you had uh, George Springer breaking out, Carlos Correa drafted in 2012, a bunch of those guys. So I felt like, hey, I'm going to – I'm going to start putting these numbers out there. Maybe people will want to see what we have in the pipeline. And it just kind of kind of blew up a little bit from there. And then I created the website. And uh, ever since then, just, you know, been putting the numbers out, been following the, the prospects and, uh, you know, doing interviews and things like that. And, yeah, it's, it's been good. And fortunately for us as Astros fans, even despite what the national media may say in terms of a, a lower ranking for the system, I think we still have a, a lot of really good prospects. And it's been a, a blast to watch the, you know, Astros minor league players over the last 10 years. Yeah, that was actually one of the questions I was going to ask you. A lot of people are are saying the Astros uh, minor league system is depleted. They traded them all away. But I mean, Sugarland, who, you know, Sugarland is almost comprised of a bunch of guys that should be in Major League Baseball. Mm -hmm. And they're pretty dominant. I mean, but is that all the prospects or is the rest of the, you know, going down is the rest of the system looking strong because I don't know why people talk bad about it. I think it's still pretty strong. So, I mean, I think maybe one of the obvious reasons is we haven't had a first or second round pick in the last two years. So there's no, we haven't had one of those guys drafted in the first round that everybody knows that is immediately a top prospect, but you know, they signed a guy like Pedro Leon, who was a, I think I, when I talked to Jim Callis earlier in the year, he mentioned that if he was available in the, the 2020 draft or uh, he probably would have been a first round pick, you know? And so uh, you, you look at a guy like that, you look at some of the other guys that they've drafted and I don't know why they don't have probably three or four guys in the top 100. And, and you mentioned it, the Skeeters right now are stacked. You know, they got Corey Lee, Jeremy Pena, Pedro Leon, and then on the pitching side as well. But even down below that, you got guys that the Astros have drafted either, you know, mid rounds or some guys that were drafted high that finally broke out. Like Joe Perez had a really good season this year at 21, some really good high upside pitchers. But in, on the podcast, me and my buddy, Ryan, we're always talking about it. The Astros have been great at developing players that weren't, you know, top prospects. Framber Valdez, Luis Garcia, Jose Urquidy, those pitchers, none of them were on any top hundred list or anything close to that. And they're all suitable, very good starters at the major league level. 
it's just kind of been the Astros' way. They they find guys that maybe aren't uh, highly touted by these other teams, and they turn them into to very good major leaguers. And I think we're seeing that both you know, offensively and on the pitching side too. Um, but you can even go back to a guy like Jake Myers or Brian De La Cruz, who's killing it in Miami right now that they they sent out in that trade. But those guys are were in the minors, weren't any weren't on any top list, and they're they uh, at this point have been successful major leaguers. Let me ask you about some players down in the minor league system that you think is going to impact the Astros someday in the future that's that people may not know about. Now give me a pitcher and a position player. So on the pitching side, there's there's a couple that uh, are in Sugarland right now that are, are killing it. Jonathan Bermudez is a guy that has put up a phenomenal season, 140 strikeouts in 106 innings. Uh, he's 25 years old in AAA right now, but it, age is kind of hard to look at because all these guys missed the, the 2020 season. So he could have been in this position last year at 24, but 25, um, really good walk numbers, strikeout numbers. He was dominant Double uh, A, got promoted to AAA, and he's pitched in some tough parks there, and he's had success too. So he's a, a left-handed pitcher, a guy that I definitely think will have the opportunity to, to pitch in um, with the Astros at some point in the near future. And then on the hit inside, um, I'm trying. If I really, I'm trying to think of somebody maybe out of the top 30. Shea Wickham was a guy they drafted in the fifth round uh, last year, and he's in the top 30. But a guy who showed off some power, some speed this year. You know, Joe Perez, I just talked about uh, going down. I'll, I'll mention another guy, Luke Berryhill. I know you had him on. He's he. They acquired him in that trade for uh, CNL Perez that they sent out to Cincinnati. He had a really good first year in the Astros system. OPS of almost a thousand, 15 home runs, um, and he made it up to Double A. The Astros catching depth is just blown up and. I'll just throw one other out there, Norel Gonzalez. He's a guy they signed from Cuba. He's 27 years old in AAA right now, uh, but had a had a good season. His first, you know, actual playing time since he was over in Cuba, and he's probably not going to give you much defensively in, in any position in the outfield or even first base. But the guy can hit, and I know we have Jordan at the major league level, but you, you can always use more hitting. And if they decided to use him as a DH type, but he's a guy that I could see um, having an impact potentially. And I mean, I just. I look at the rosters and, and there's a ton of guys that maybe aren't, you know, talked about enough that I do think will have an impact with the Astros. And um, the last podcast I did with uh, on mine, I was looking at a bunch of the lines. I mean, there's a lot of good performances this year in the system that just kind of went overlooked, I, I guess, because, um, you know, maybe maybe they didn't have the notoriety of those top 100 prospects, but a lot of really good performances. And, and at each level, there's there's a there's a, a couple of guys that you could probably pick out and say, yeah, these guys look like, you know, future big leaders. So the the Astros moved their AAA team to uh, Sugarland with that realignment. Mm-hmm. How has that impacted the Astros? I mean, it has to be beneficial to have the team so close. I know Taylor Jones is somebody that keeps going back and forth, and it's a mm-hmm. nice quick trip. Yeah. So personally, it's been awesome to to be able to you know see more AAA games. Uh, you know, like that when we were with like Round Rock, I went out there a couple times, but it's a lot easier when it's here in Sugarland, uh, not too far away. But yeah, I think for the Astros, it's just it's helped them in that the thing that you just said is they've been able to switch players up and down a lot easier. You know, when you're playing at home and you got guys in Sugarland and you need a guy to come up, they they they're they're twenty, thirty, forty five minutes away, however long it takes to get from Sugarland to Minute Maid Park, but. Um, they've been able to, to to use that to their advantage and have these guys go up and down a lot more often. And, uh, you know, and, and a lot of the times that you got, you know, all your staff in Sugarland, you got all your staff in Houston, it's easy for them to, to get around. And I think it's just been really nice to have the, the team right there in the backyard and be able to, to call guys up. You know, you're not having to send somebody from, unless they're on a, on a road trip, you're not sending somebody across the country to join the Astros. Um, 
And then same thing, even for the the rehab assignments. You know, we've seen uh, a lot of guys, McCullers or Kitty, Bregman. Um, I think there's been a couple others that have gone down to AAA and rehabbed in Sugarland. And once again, they're getting their treatment in Houston. They're getting they're they're working with the Houston Astros doctors, and then they just go play some games at Sugarland. It's all right here, um, and I think that's definitely been beneficial for them. Yeah, I think it's pretty good for the fans as well, getting to go down there and, for sure. you know, just down the street, you know, and watch these uh, guys that are so close to making yep. Major League Baseball, and they get to go watch them. I wish I lived over there so I could watch them. <laughs> yeah, but no, anyway. I think it's, it's been it's definitely good for the fans. I, you know, Sugarland, this is their first year, and I know they've done really well when it comes to, like, selling tickets and everything, and I think that will continue to rise, especially as more top prospects, you know, join the, the Skeeters. So, yeah, definitely good uh, a good way to promote, you know, the prospects coming up. The, the Skeeters and the Astros can work together like that since we're all in the same town. Yeah. All right, let's go to the fair or foul questions. If you're ready for that, I got five of sure. them for you. Yep, let's go. All right, number one, this is a pretty current event for this past weekend. The Oakland A's, fair or foul, the Oakland A's are purposely avoiding Mike Fires versus the Astros. Fair. I, I don't know how you could argue against it. I th- initially, you could say, yeah, it's a coincidence. Maybe, you know, he uh, he did have an injury or whatever, but – I mean, it's been it's been so many series, it's been so many games that Fires has either been unavailable or he's been injured. I definitely think there was some kind of point of uh, him avoiding the Astros if it's not him and the A's together, but definitely him himself. Definitely a fair on that one. Yeah, I say fair as well. It seems like the you know a few days before the series starts, he always ends up on the IL. Yep. You know, everybody knows we had you know the playoff series with them last year. Every pitcher on their roster faced the Astros except him. Mm-hmm. So it's totally fair. It's as fair Definitely. as fair can be. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number two. This is something that happened the other day to the Astros, and I think it affected, you know, their first game of the following series. But getaway games should always be in the afternoon. Fair or foul? I, w- I would say fair. I-, I think it's a good idea to do that. I think just for, yeah, if you have a game, at seven o'clock the night before you're supposed to go on a road trip you get done at 10 11 o'clock you get on the uh, the airplane you know you're not getting into that city until two three four in the morning by the time you get to the hotel and then you got to wake up and be back at the ballpark so i would say fair i think it i think it benefits the players to have those getaway games in the, in the afternoons yeah i agree as well fair for me and one one thing that i, I didn't even think about asking you this but you know i i went to the hooks game this past weekend mm-hmm. and I was assuming that the Sunday game was during the day, but since they changed the schedule around and the games are, you know, they don't play on Monday. Now the Sunday, Sunday games are at night. And I thought that was pretty cool that they actually have a built in getaway game yep. or they, they have that day off to travel in minor leagues. I think it's really cool that they do that six game schedule. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, when they first announced that schedule, I was I was wondering how it was going to work out, but I think it's been great this year. You know, you don't have to worry about the, the getaway thing. And a lot of the minor leaguers in the Texas, well, what used to be the Texas League, I asked the AA Central, they're taking buses a lot of places, you know, and um, being able to have that day to travel, have that day to rest in between series is, is, is nice. And it's, it's a built-in day off. You know what day you're going to be off every single week. Um, and it was consistent throughout the, the minor leagues this year, obviously. And, and it looks like next year it's going to be Monday for all minor league affiliates. So there will be no, you know, baseball on Mondays, but it's just a built in day 
to know that you can really you know, put your schedule together, but then also, like you said, have that travel day where you're not having to worry about getting on a bus at you know midnight and traveling four, six, eight hours and then having to play a game the next day. All right, something they've installed in the minor league system. I don't know how much they enforce the rules, but a pitch clock in Major League Baseball, fair or foul? Well, oh, that's a tough one. Um, I I like it in the minors. I don't. I I watch a lot of minor league games. I don't really ever see it being an issue. I, I think there would be obviously some traditionalists that would have some pushback on it, and I think probably the majority of the pitchers and even hitters are are doing things in a timely manner. There's probably only a couple that are that are uh, taking longer than you know maybe than the average. Oh, um, I'd I'd probably say foul just because I'm. You know, I love the game of baseball, and I and I think there is ways to change it and make it better. I don't know if adding clocks and adding and all this other stuff, and then you know you don't you don't pitch in time, and then it's a ball, and the guy gets on base, and it's affecting you know the, the outcome of a game. I think there's ways to speed it up, and I think the the pitcher or the managers or uh, sorry umpires can kind of enforce that. Of, hey, let's get on the mound, let's get going. I don't necessarily know if I agree with the clock being there. I like it for the minor leagues though, because at the end of the day, you know those those games. Games, they mean something to the organiza- the minor league organizations, but they're not as in, as on the same level of importance as you know a, right. a major league game. Um, so I like implementing those rules to help those guys out too, so they're not at the ballpark for four hours. Uh, but at the major league level, I, I just don't know if it would be the the right time to add a, another clock. And that's been baseball's thing is there is no clock. You know, it doesn't matter if you're down by 20 runs in the ninth inning, you can't you can't drain the clock out like you can in basketball or football. And, and that's always been baseball's thing. So do you want to go at a clock now? Um, I, w- I would probably stay away from the clock. Yeah, I say foul as well. I don't think they should implement that at all. I know there was – I can't remember what series it was, but there was a pitcher for the opposing team in the Astros game, and he he was taking like a minute. And a, I don't know if he was doing it every time, but there was one pitch. He took a minute and a half in between pitches, and <laughs> mm-hmm. that's and, – and, and, you know – you coming on the show and that being a role in minor league baseball and that kind of being in my memory is why I asked you. But, yeah, we both say foul. I don't want clocks either. Yeah. Yep. Number four, fair or foul, the Corpus Christi Hooks honey butter chicken biscuit uniforms. Uh, fair, 100%. I love them. I, I love that minor league organizations affiliate they, that they have these uh, – these, What's the word I could use? But these uniforms that are out there, you know, it, it's it's a. I think it's good for the the fans. I think the fans enjoy seeing it. I think it's cool to their Waterburger. They play at Waterburger Field, and now they have the uniforms that look like the Waterburger logo and the the honey mm-hmm. honey butter chicken biscuits. I love it. I love the. I love going to a minor league game. I know the Skeeters this year had a uh, had a, a. I think it was a Rugrats Day where they had the the the, the uh, dinosaur. I can't remember the name. Um, but they had the dinosaur on them. I, I like when they bust out those uniforms. I think it's a, a cool way to. I just kind of spice things up in the minors. Uh, a lot of times they're used for really good causes too. They'll they'll sell those jerseys off. I know the Skeeters did it every Wednesday this year, uh, but no, I love the uniforms. I think it fits exactly with what the Skeeters are doing, at, or I'm sorry, the the Hooks are doing at uh, you know Whataburger Field. I agree with you. I say fair as well. And not only are the uniforms cool, they kind of they they look like the the number they give you right to put on your table. Yep. Yep. And the hat. You know, with the white front and the yeah. orange bill and the orange around the back with the W water. I mean, that that hat is amazingly sweet. Yeah, it's clean. It's a it's a very clean look. I know they got a lot of 
probably a lot of hate on them. And maybe the name was, was one reason why, you know, honey butter chicken biscuits, but I, I thought they looked pretty clean. And um, like I said, it's just nice to see minor league affiliates mix it up like that. I had a fair foul earlier in the year that, that the hooks had the, the best uniforms in the Astros minor league system. You agree with that? Uh, I would say fair right now. I think the Skeeters, the Skeeters have done some good things this year. I, I've been to, I know they've, they switched up the uniforms quite a bit. They got some different looks. I think their white on white look looks really clean. I saw them with some blue jerseys looks really clean, but the traditional hooks white looks, looks really good. I love the baby blue uniforms. I love the, the faux back that they're doing. Um, yeah. So I would probably go with the hooks as well. And I mean like the, the hooks hat, the logo, I, I love the look of it. Uh, I think the Skeeters are right there. And then the woodpeckers down in, in Fayetteville, man, definitely not one to, they, they've done, a really good job this year too they had a lot of really cool uniforms some camo ones some blackout ones they did like a like a black ops day and uh but yeah i would say just from a just a general standpoint of the the one you know uh, uh traditional uniform for the team I, I would probably lean the hooks as well all right the final one is not a baseball one but it's something that i saw being debated the other day uh fair foul a1 is better than heinz 57 for a steak to be honest with you I, I don't put i don't put anything on my steak i if i if, if you get a good steak and you, you you know and it's cooked right i i just eat it with without any of that so um I'll, i guess i'll give a push answer on that i'm not really too sure but uh <laughs> i mean to me it's what whatever you know whatever is your taste bud right i mean if, if that's something you like and it makes your steak better then go for it the whole ketchup on a steak you know like uh yeah like, uh, you know yeah i'm not i'm not uh patrick mahomes you know but um that kind of if it's something you you know that makes it taste better to you then then great if if you'd rather eat it plain or you'd rather eat it with this then so be it as long as you enjoy it that I think that's all that matters. Do you eat hot dogs plain? I do not. I eat them with uh, well. I mean, it just depends. I mean, I'll eat them with chili, with cheese, with mustard, with uh, the, with uh, uh, ketchup. I, but I, I have had <laughs> hot dogs plain. Yeah. So oh, okay. it just depends. But yeah, I mean, I, I eat a I eat a bunch yeah. of hot dogs. I, <laughs> I was just going to ask you, me and my friend were debating this the other day, and he, the guy puts ketchup on his hot dogs, and I told him that's disgusting. <laughs> so I, I do it. I do it. I, I A lot of times, <laughs> if I'm feeling real good, a mix of ketchup and mustard is perfect on my hot dogs, but like that I said, I'll, actually, I'll eat them all kinds of ways. Yeah, mustard and ketchup is actually a pretty good combo, <laughs> but mayonnaise, I see some people eat mayonnaise on their hot dogs, and that's yeah. pretty gross. That's pretty yeah, bad. That's not, that's not, yeah, that's not, that's not for me. <laughs> all right, Jimmy, that's all I have for you. You want to tell everybody where to find you? Yeah, sure. You can find me on Twitter at Astros Future and uh, at my website, www.astrosfuture.com. On there, we'll uh, have all the minor league recaps. Right now, I'm working on some stuff for the offseason. I'm going to be looking back at the 2020 draft, uh, some breakout prospects this year, recapping each minor league team. Um, and just, uh, I'm happy we had a, a phenomenal minor league season. It was nice to have baseball back, minor league baseball back after not having it last year. And, um, I'm pretty sad that the season's ending, but overall it was a great year. Great to follow the, the minor league system this year. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. Jimmy, thanks for coming on. You guys, if you have social media, find Astros future. He does an amazing job and, uh, we'll see you next time on Astros baseball. Thanks for listening to this episode of Astros Baseball. Be sure to subscribe to be alerted when there's a new episode. Follow Rob on Twitter at Rob Fontenot. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, 
offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.